What's up, guys? Rick here, back with another chat with Doc Redman. This is the third time he's come on the show. I will link the first two interviews uh, down in the description as well if you'd like to go back and listen to those. But in this interview, we talk a lot about uh, DraftKings, how that's growing the game a little bit. We talk about Doc's 2020 season, how it felt to come close a couple of times, how it was being the first alternate at Winged Foot for the U.S. Open, and what his goals are for the 2021 calendar year so doc's been as always very gracious uh with his time and i thank him for that let's jump into it all right let me welcome in for the third time doc redmond doc very much appreciate uh your time as always how's it going yeah everything's great appreciate you having me on uh, I figured for for this time, obviously, we are a couple weeks left of this decade of 2020. I uh, kind of wanted to recap the year, uh, look ahead a little bit to 2021. But I wanted to start with this, Doc. You know, guys guys like me in the media, you know, we, we do a lot of storyline stuff. And we spent a lot of time in 2020 talking about Bryson and talking about distance. And there was the 91 days we had no golf. There was uh, the young stars on the PGA Tour. I mean, for, for someone like you, like, what is the storyline in 2020? Yeah, I guess it's, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. It's weird now to think back that, you know, I missed, um, gosh, whoever, you know, it was three or four months, right, of golf. Mm-hmm. that was kind of totally you know that was we didn't get to play and and broke up the season so I, I'm excited to kind of going forward and see what hopefully this year you know what an actual full season feels like with no big break but um I think it was incredible how well the PJ Tour did um you know when we came back keeping everyone healthy and just allow, allowing us to play and I think that kind of carried over too into, you know, an excitement that golf was back. And, um, you know, I don't know, I haven't seen any numbers or anything and I don't really care, but I, I would imagine, you know, the viewership had to be really good. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, that's just great for us. Yeah. I, I can tell you the viewership was really good, especially yeah. there was, yeah, there was, um, especially the first couple of weeks when, when you guys came back and it, and it was the only sport, I mean, and, and I, and I think it's carrying over, right. I think what, what most people realize is when they watch it, you know, this isn't like, this isn't late nineties golf, right. Where it's, where it's tiger and a bunch of old white guys, right? Like that's, that's what it was. Now it's like, there are young stars, there are great storylines and the depth of this tour is kind of insane, right? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. There's a ton to be excited about. If you're a golf fan, Um, there's a ton of people to root for. And, you know, now with, the DraftKings and all that daily fantasy stuff. Um, you know, I think that really helps people get excited about, you know, a whole field, not just yeah. top players or not just who's going to win, but, you know, you want, you want even the guys, you know, who you bought for cheap to, to make the cut and, and play well and, and everybody counts. So I think that gets, you know, just more and more fans involved and, and helps kind of bring recognition to, you know, just everyone because you know people are picking people up you know lesser known players on fantasy and and it gets that name out there yeah there's a there's been a direct correlation between uh basically like DraftKings releasing more and more golf contests and like the viewership of something like a pga tour live where people want to see like oh i i I need to know what doc redmond's doing on a thursday morning (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Like I, yeah. Which is awesome. And, and, and uh, I think it makes it more exciting for everyone. And, you know, it only helps um, bring more recognition to the game and, and to individual players as well. Yeah. The only, my only concern as this continues to grow is like the tweets that like players will get, right. which is like, okay, sorry about your $3, buddy. Like, right. you know, the right. players don't care like what, what your fantasy lineup was. Right. I think we've probably seen that, you know, in, in football forever with fantasy football. And now it's starting to come in, uh, you know, to golf with man, you know, I had you against so-and-so and you let me down and, and all that, which is, you know, it's funny, but I think it's always nice too that uh, you got guys betting on you, you know, who believe in you. I think that's always fun. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. I'm glad that that you embrace it. I mean, the PGA Tour, to their credit, for a long time, didn't even acknowledge that this stuff was ex- what is existing, yeah. right? And now they're kind of leaning into it. So interested to see how it goes over the course of the next couple of years. Um, your year in general, right? Like your 2020. Uh, obviously the 91 days that we had off, we didn't play any golf, but how would you assess your year looking back now? Yeah, I think I learned a lot, which is probably the goal, especially in a rookie year of, um, you know, just the tour and then being able to come back off of 91 days off and, and come out strong, which I think everyone was, you know, just, you never knew because no one's ever really done that. And, um, and I came out strong and then, you know, finished the last season, I guess, well, and then, then had some good events this fall as well. Um, I did much better this fall than I did last fall, <laughs> which, you know, is really positive. And, and I think I just continue to gain confidence and, and optimistic about my game going into uh, 2021. It's nice to start banking FedEx cup points and dollars, like before you get to the, to January, right? Right. Totally. I mean, I think it's, you know, you can ask anyone getting off to a good start in the fall is, it's just really nice, you know, um, gives you a lot of security. Um, you don't have to press as hard or play as much when, when the time comes and it, you know, it just sets you off on a good path to um, getting deeper and deeper in the playoffs come. It's a long way away from now, but you know, come next fall. You're currently the 88th ranked player in the world. Um, I, I don't know how to describe your position. So I want to get your thoughts. I think it is kind of, I don't want to say awkward because I feel like that's a negative connotation, but it's, you're kind of in this middle zone, right? Where, and you might feel like, and I think you should feel like you can compete in any field that you get, get into right against any players, but you were what the first alternate who, you know, who didn't get in at the U S open and you're not getting into the WG season. You're not getting into the CJ cup and this, and you're like right there. Right. So it's like, how are you dealing with that? I, I guess even mentally, from a perspective of like, you're so close to being in those fields, probably feeling, feeling like you can compete, probably chomping at the bit to get in them. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely am. Uh, I think, I guess I look at it just positively, like, you know, especially going into, I think we, uh, you know, have few weeks before the first WGC um, come this spring. And, you know, that just, I have a great opportunity to put, you know, one or two really good events together. And then all of a sudden I am in, in those WGCs and, and, you know, I don't know if most people probably don't realize, but once you get in those, like, it, it yeah, makes baby. it. Yeah, crazy, baby. <laughs> you know? um, so that is big, but, you know, I'm, I just think it's great that, you know, I have this really good opportunity that I'm close and that all I need to do is kind of continue to play well. And I, I know I'll be there, you know, this year, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, that that's the trend we're we're headed on. And you mentioned it. There's once you start getting the invites to those, and and even from, I mean, this is not for you specifically, but a lot of guys who then you get they're they're free points, right? They're free official yeah. World Golf Rankings points, and it's kind of it's almost harder to drop out of that once you start playing all of those events, which we've seen with some guys. So it is it is a big deal just trying to break through and 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 get in there is is kind of the first step. Yeah, I mean, and I even remember like last fall tom lewis was in the saint jude and you know i think it came in like second or third hadn't had a good season up until then but you know he was in that and second or third and you know a no-cut event obviously a really strong field but and then you know that's that's you know amazing so it makes a big difference and like you said if you can be in them you know you never know what can happen and that'll just fault you you know closer and closer to getting the top 50 and you know the next steps um, I do want to uh, zone in a little bit on winged foot um, yeah. because you, I, I don't know what you started the week as what alternate you started the week as, but a couple guys dropped out. What were you like third or fourth heading into the week? Yeah. And, and we had heard, I think on Sunday that I was most likely going to be first alternate come Monday. Okay. Um, just with some, you know, positive COVID tests and whatnot, but I had still up until that point, um, just moved so much and especially it was such a different situation than like the PGA championship went so deep. You know, I, I guess I had talked to people who were like double digit alternates and got in, but then, you know, come and, and I think most people didn't really realize this when I was telling them, you know, I'm first alternate for the U S open. Like, that's awesome, but it's the U S open, you know, it's already late. Like, you know, guys don't just withdraw from the U S open. Right. Like if you can, if you can swing a club for two holes, then you're probably going to go out and give it a shot. And, you know, that's what happened. And I kind of expected it. I figured that was what was going to happen, but it was still really fun, you know, being there and being close and kind of really experiencing my first U.S. Open and prepping. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. Cause I mean, there were, this was such a cover. I mean, there was cameras everywhere. You could watch everything. And I mean, I'm, I'm seeing you on the practice range, right? I'm like dogs on the putting green, like, I'm wondering what he's thinking as he's watching his peers go through the same routine he's going through. They're going out and teeing off. I mean, I'm sure it's obviously much different than a normal week. Are you just trying to stay ready, stay prepared, even if you know it's a long shot that somebody else might drop out? Yeah, I mean, um, and and the other kind of crappy thing was while we were there, we never really heard of anything, anyone who was kind of injured or not feeling great or yeah. which normally if someone's not feeling good, you kind of hear about it or you could definitely figure it out if you wanted, <laughs> if you needed to. But yeah, it was, I was lucky. I had my coach there um, who was kind of helping me stay focused because it was tough to, it's, it's weird not being in and then kind of not really feeling that urgency to prep like you, like you are in. Right. But um, I actually had really good practice, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday I, <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't have a good feeling about getting in. So kind of after that, first, you know, 7am warm up, hitting some balls. I didn't touch a club the rest of the day. Cause I just, I didn't think it was going to happen and it didn't, but um, it was, it was weird too. You know, I was posting stuff on Instagram just from playing, you know, playing practice rounds to being in, I found a cool spot up in the locker room to watch. I watched tiger T off 10, <laughs> cool. you know, that was, and guys, Oh, you know, good luck, good luck. And it's like, you know, I'm not really in. <laughs> Thanks. Kind of yeah. Right. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that's funny. I mean, I guess so. So for for those who are unaware, I mean, so you're, you know, so Thursday morning, uh, even though you know it's unlikely, uh, but anything can happen. Are you just there, like ready to go for the first tee time? And if someone happened, like you would take their spot. How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had to be ready to go for the first tee time. I mean, I wouldn't say. I wasn't, I didn't prep that morning. Like I was going to play it for the first tee time, but you know, if some had happened, I was ready to go hit 10 balls and tee right. off. Right. That's and what I do. That's what I do, doc. I think. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did the classic amateurs. I would have done the amateurs warm up. Um, and then, you know, once guys are kind of on property, it, again, it's probably pretty unlikely someone's going to, you know, pull some on the range. So after, once guys are about an hour out and everyone's there, then it's like, you know, I'll go have breakfast again or hang out with my caddy or whatever. Got it. Um, so, so after that, you know, we kind of talked about the end of 2020 getting off to a hot start of the 2021 season, which we're already in T3 at Safeway T4 in Bermuda, which by the way, is Bermuda just like the best. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it really is. Um, it's beautiful. Um, that course is actually, you know, it's a little quirky, but it's an island course, but they get it in really nice shape and, and you have to, it's tight in spots. You have to play well, which I think is really important because I think some, some courses you can go play, it's kind of wide open and doesn't really distinguish between, you know, good golf and bad golf quite as well. But I think that that course does a great job. It's got some really exciting holes coming down the stretch and it was really cool to have fans there. You know, I think that was the first oh, time that's we had right. Yeah, which is crazy. And, and that was really cool as well. I, I completely forgot about that. Okay. That makes, that makes more sense. Is that, so a course that might narrow at some points, like, like it, what's a good course for you, right? Like, you know, a res- yeah. we always talk about resort courses, right? Where, right. you know, it's kind of bomb and gouge or whatever, and there's a lot of birdies to be made and who, you know, maybe it turns into a putting contest that week, but like, what's a good setup for you? Yeah, I think a good setup for me would be, um where fairways are at a premium you know I hit it pretty straight and I'm not the longest player so that's why I would say someone the bomb and gouge doesn't necessarily I could still play well but it doesn't necessarily fit me too well and you know I honestly kind of like the the little longer courses too like I think um kind of like the PGA championship you know it was a few aspects of that course maybe weren't great for me I thought it it worked well for if you drew the ball but you know, it was long, you had to hit the fairway. And, and I think I hit my mid to long irons really well also. So kind of something like that, to be honest with you. Got it. You're, you're up for that challenge as opposed yeah, exactly. to just like, I'll just hit it as far as I can and go find it and see what happens next. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. Um, are, are you seeing again, and this is, we're talking about like your first, I mean, I guess I didn't want to call it your first full season, right? Cause we missed 91 days. So it's like, right. <laughs> like next year is going to be, or this year we're in, I guess is going to kind of be more reminiscent, but are you already seeing kind of the maturity, right? I, I always think like, like it's very obvious if I were to improve at golf, right. To go from like an eight and a half to like a seven would be like a huge improvement for me. Guys like you, I think it's a lot more difficult and the edges are much smaller, but are you seeing, and and where are you seeing that your game is still maturing and improving? Yeah, I think I'm definitely seeing it. And I think, like you said, it is tough to kind of tell, but even looking at, like I said earlier, just this fall, having a much better fall than last year, like, you know, I think that's maturity right there. And um, yeah, I think 
I'm kind of getting better everywhere. My short game's gotten a lot better. Um, I've been putting the ball a lot better. And, and I think a lot of that stuff is kind of just sticking with what I have been doing and just kind of not freaking out, letting it happen. And um, that's been working really well. But like at the same token this fall, I don't think I quite hit my irons as well as I did last fall, but I really scored the ball a little, a lot better towards the end of this season than I would have at the start of last season. Do you feel it on a Sunday? Like, okay, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're in contention. It's Wyndham. It's Safeway. You, yeah. you know, if things go your way, you could be the one raising the trophy on Sunday evening. Like how, I guess, how aware of that are you? I'm assuming very aware, but is it, is it impacting your game in any way? I'd like to say no, but <laughs> you know, it's definitely a different feeling. I would say just, I think Wyndham was really the first time that I could really say like, man, if I play well today, like I can win, which is kind of, you know, for that being the first time, even the first, you know, like even Bermuda being in the lead, like that's, you know, it's kind of a crazy, awesome, exciting thing to say is like, man, I, you know, you always talk about winning and that would be so cool. But when it comes down to it and you got 18 holes left, it's like, you know, I could actually do this. Holy crap. Like, it's awesome, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, there's a lot of, I don't even, it's not even bad pressure, you know, it's just like you're locked in, there's a lot of pressure and, and unfortunately like Bermuda, I just didn't quite play well enough on Sunday and, and I hope my attitude and, and all that wasn't the, you know, cause of that. And I don't think it was, but definitely just try and treat it like any other round, but you know, it's difficult to do <laughs> easier said than done. Sure. Sure thing. <laughs> um, are, are you hitting, you know, it's weird, right? You know, we, I, I look at all this stuff on, on spreadsheets and results because, you know, we don't even have access to every shot that's being hit by every single player. But you know, what we always kind of see is a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning, some guy flies up the leaderboard and everybody in the media attributes it to like, Oh, a guy who's playing free. He's out of it. He's just out there, you know, firing darts. Like, I guess I'm trying to figure out um, how much of that is actually true. Like if, if you're out of it on a Sunday morning, are you just, you know, foot on the gas, taking, taking angles and maybe taking numbers you wouldn't normally hit, or is it just a matter of, you know, there's so many guys in this field, a couple of them are going to pop off on a Sunday. Yeah. I think it's more of, yeah, there's so many really good players in the field, you know, a handful are going to play really well. And then, and then add that into being in 50th place on Sunday morning where, you know, to be quite like it matters, but I mean, if you're in 50th and you shoot two over and move back to 60th, you know, not much just happened. Right. <laughs> right. There's not really a huge difference there. And, you know, some guys you get hot early and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, well, screw it. Let's see how far we can move up. Because if I'm, you know, again, if I shoot two under whatever, but if I could go shoot six under like and sneak in the top 25, huge difference. Right. Interesting. Um, are there some, so this kind of leads me into, uh, something I don't think I've ever, I've ever asked, you know, you've, you've played a lot of events on tour now, uh, you're probably getting paired up with a bunch of different guys. Is, is there someone's game, whether you played with them this year or at least got a glimpse of them that you were like, wow, like I'm, I'm super impressed with this, whether you weren't expecting it or whether it's one of the big names that we would imagine it would be. Right. Um, man, I feel like everyone's, you know, 
everyone's game out there is, is really impressive. Um, you know, whether it be their all around game, like, man, these guys are really good or just, you know, there's tons of guys out there who have unconventional swings and might be ugly. And it's like, you know, man, they get in the hole, just <laughs> awesome. You know, and it's like, you know, Brian Gay um, winning Bermuda, right. Is a great yeah. example. I mean, I don't know if I've ever played with Brian Gay. I know him really well. You know, I'm sure if you go out there, you know, he's older, he probably doesn't hit it that far. Like, there's nothing where you per, per se would say, man, this guy's really impressing me. And right. you know, thir- 72 holes, he goes and beats the whole pretty good field in Bermuda. And so I think, yeah, everyone I, I played with <laughs> first week back played with Patrick Reed in Texas okay. and, you know, I'd never played with him and he just got up and down from everywhere. And it seemed like every time he had a putt for birdie, it went in and, you know, I think he might've had the round of the day when we played on Saturday. It was just nice. It was very impressive, you know? Yeah. Can, can you kind of vibe off that? Like if you're watching, if you're watching Patrick Reed get up and down, if he's draining every putt, is, is that like, are you like, Oh man, like I, I want to be a part of this, right? Like, can I, can I get more locked into this? You know what I mean? I think unfortunately it didn't happen for me that day, but yes, that's very true. It, it is always difficult when like, on you know Thursday and you're in a threesome and no one kind of has anything going no one can make a putt like you can feel that I was like man just no one did anything in the group and it kind of everyone had a uh, vibe and then you know there's some times where it's just like everything's going right and everyone's playing well and everyone's happy and (laughs) it rubs off on everyone you know it's it's funny how that is and I guess it's one of those things like you if everyone's playing bad you know it's not like I'm trying to play bad too. It just kind of happens. Right. I, I always think it's awkward when two guys are going super low and one guy's like two over. Yeah. It's like, uh, do I not talk to this guy? Or like, is he, right. what's he feeling like right now? Then, then you're just trying to stay out of the way. <laughs> you're two over. You're like, uh, I'm going to let these guys do their thing. And I can't wait to be done with this round. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. 2021. So uh, what types of things? Oh, it's okay. How about this? We're like two weeks out from Christmas, less than two weeks yeah. away. Um, what would you ask Santa for in terms of your, your golf game, your, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Results, prospects, maybe something mentally, physically for your 2021 year. What would, what would you sit on Santa's lap and ask him for? <laughs> um, probably just more confidence chipping. Okay. You know, that's, I was going to say, I guess everyone wants some more distance out of their driver. Right. But I think that's, you know, Bryson's shown now. I think of Santa's like this, you know, <laughs> he can help you out where you can't help yourself out. You know, if Bryson's shown that you can gain distance if you oh, really wanted to. That's right. Interesting. Okay. But I, it's a little more difficult <laughs> to just come up with confidence out of the air. And then, you know, that's something I've struggled with in the past and it's getting a lot better, but I think that would be probably what I would ask. Got it. Okay. I like that. So, and, and I think it's funny you mentioned like, um, we saw what Bryson did, right? He, he right. goes into the gym, he works out a million times, whatever he adds the weight, uh, and, and finds the distance. I also think it's kind of funny in a way that then, you know, Tony Finau finds the same distance or the same ball speed just by like swinging a little bit harder. Right. And Rory, like Rory takes like two weeks on the Peloton and like, he's hitting it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I think that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you guys professional, like you guys have, you can tap into a lot more stuff, right? Yeah, like, you're not swinging so. a million miles an hour, hundred percent every single swing. Right. And, and even you saw that a lot with, you know, I've been around Bryson too, a little bit, you know, he was, 
he's, I think it's, you know, he's shown us what he can get to kind of in practice and at his house, right? These right. crazy yeah. ball speeds, these crazy. Right. And, and that's what you're seeing as well with Tony Finau, you know, he's out at his home course and, and Rory and all that on the range, but then that's a lot different than stepping out on the first tee, you know, at a major at a tournament or even on the 18th tee when you got the lead and saying, I'm going to hit this same ball speed, you know, and that's why you see guys like, that's why there are numbers in tournament and versus practice are different because you can hit it hard, but you know, you still kind of got to know where it's going and you saw like, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's what, you know, what the difference was at the masters for Bryson, right. Is he hit some out of play. Right. Which, yeah. you know, once you start doing that, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what else you're doing. Like you just can't be taking penalties here and there and, and keeping up. And, and not only, and obviously the penalties are going to kill you, but also like, I, I know if, if I'm trying to do something crazy like that, or I'm trying to swing as hard as I can. And the first couple go awry, I'm like, now right. I'm in my head right now. Yeah. I'm just like, should I just dial it back this round? Try to figure it out on the range. Like this, this could turn disastrous very quickly. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to, that's the same thing. You got to keep, make sure that you have confidence in whatever you're doing throughout a 72 hole, two hole golf tournament, because yeah, if you don't really have confidence in something, then it's tough to say I'm really going to play well this week and yeah. or win or contend, especially for those top guys. Okay. So for you personally, are you a goal setter? Are you going to set goals for whether it's this season or, or next year? Yeah, definitely. I, I actually started doing that last week. Okay. Will you share some with us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some like some more statistical stuff. Like I'd like to finish, you know, top 50 in driving strokes gained and okay. approach, which I think are extremely, I mean, I think I did that last year. Without, I was going to say, that sounds like something you yeah, probably would have done very, last year. Right. Exactly. And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily where my game needs to improve the most to where I'm going to go to the next level. But then also like I made some goals for the first eight events. Like I'd like to, I think there's, or pre-masters is okay. what I said. There's two WGCs before the Masters. I'd like to qualify for one. Okay. You know, I think it's very attainable given my start that I can make a run at qualifying for the Tour Championship. For sure. Yeah. So, so it's kind of a, a combination of all these, like, you know, season-long goals. Plus, okay. I just wanted some shorter term, like, let's see how we do in eight events. And are they all kind of um... – I'm, I'm, I'm personally a big goal setter. Right. And right. I, and I like them to be like quantifiable, measurable, which yeah. all these, all these that you have said are right. Like it would be right. one thing to say, I want to have a better season. Well, what does better mean? Does that right. mean X cup points? Does it mean money? Does it mean official world golf rankings? So you're trying, you're, you're kind of focusing on whether it's aspects of your game or not necessarily living and dying by one tournament, but you know, maybe an eight, eight tournament stretches and then maybe, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming recalibrate after that, yeah. make a goal for it. Am I on the right track here? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's kind of the way I thought of it, or I thought that was a good one, like eight events, because, you know, you see it in even the top player, you can go out and have two or three bad weeks yeah. and just over 30 events, you know, that's, may happen so there's no I didn't feel like there's any point to really you know then you just look back and say well I had two bad weeks like I can't learn much from that let me see a, a longer you know 
time span and, and really see how I performed, you know, day in, day out, tournament, turnout, and, and then go from there. Yeah. Especially because two bad weeks could almost be like three bad shots, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you just have a crazy hole where somehow you make triple and like, you know, that kind of derails the whole week. Right. I mean, yeah, you just need a larger sample size and, and, then I think, like you said, recalibrating after those eight events and, and saying, you know, what can I learn from those uh, is really huge. Okay, so let's look at the schedule here. So yeah. uh, January 7th, Tournament of Champions. So where, where are we going to see you? Are we going to see you in Sony? Are we going to see you at the American Express? Have you decided yet? Yeah, I think you're going to see me at the American Express. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to go to Hawaii. Um, I think Palm Springs is an awesome place to, place to start the year. I kind of maybe had a, had a bad experience, kind of why I didn't play Mexico this year uh, two weeks ago. And then, you know, Hawaii, like two kind of weird weather events that kind of just oh. threw me off the scent of the okay. whole you know, last year, I think the first round in Hawaii, we had like 35 mile an hour winds. Yeah, Hawaii, Hawaii was not very Hawaii-like last year. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> you know, for a first – tournament round back like this is not what I signed up this is not what I wanted coming here and grinding in 35 mile an hour winds whereas you know Palm Springs it's everyone calls it a bubble right yeah and I think it's just one of those great things to like you know just kick off your the new year kind of get used to back into tournament golf um I think you know you could easily play great you could easily like not have it and shoot some good scores and and put some together uh, you don't have to reveal it, obviously, but have you have you kind of mapped out uh, the the entire schedule? Are you going to take it in bits and pieces? Are you going to wait and see what your standing is and figure it out from there? I just kind of, you know, I went like through kind of, you know, it makes sense like through the Masters what I might play. How about yeah. that? Kind of those first eight events, like there's a nice flow to it. Then we get into Florida, which is, you know, in my backyard, easy to play, great courses. And then I think it's one of those things like, man, if, you know, if I could get into a play well, then all of a sudden, you know, things might change and, and I can set a little different schedule. Right. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see you at the match play, Doc. Let's that get you in the awesome. match play. That'd be cool, uh, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be awesome. And, and like the great thing about that is it's <laughs> end of March. Like there's, I mean, you know, I got six events to kind of make that happen, which you know, like I said, you know, a few good events and that's very attainable and would be, yeah, that would be really awesome. I love that. I think, uh, I think the tour needs, uh, more match play. I think I want to see, I mean, the QBE, like they did, there's only 12 teams in it, but like to see guys go out in, in a two man scramble or a best right. ball or even a modified alternate, just things that we don't see, right? Like that stuff for me, cause I'm not a golf purist, right? Like I'm like, throw it all out the window. I don't care. Let's mix it up. I, I want to see all that stuff. Right. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> I think that's why I unfortunately didn't get to play last year, but like Zurich and new Orleans, oh, yeah. all I've ever heard is, you know, I think guys really have a great time with it. It's a little more relaxed. Um, you know, hopefully you get to play with your, you know, one of your best buddies and, you know, it's kind of like being at home playing a match and, yeah. uh, if you, if you play well, that's great. And if you don't, you'll have a good, good week with your friend. I love it. Doc, really appreciate it. Yeah. As always, man. Um, we are obviously rooting for you big time uh, in the new year. I'm sure we'll chat soon, but yeah, good luck. Enjoy the holidays. Thanks. You as well.